This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. I'm so excited to be sharing this episode of the podcast, which is a In the Spotlight episode with Katie Gwilt, who is the cat lady, Cats with a K. Katie has been a client of mine for the past 18 months and she does incredible things to help cats and their owners. In this episode, we're chatting about how she started her business and followed her dream of working with cats and she's sharing loads of amazing insights into how she got the word out there about what she does and also how media opportunities have led to some incredible things for her. One of the stories Katie shares is about how a post on LinkedIn led to her being featured in Your Cat magazine, and then this has led to her working with a huge training organisation. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Do listen to the rest of the episode because I think you'll find so much helpful information in here. And it is just brilliant to see Katie doing so well, following her dreams of being the cat lady and running a business that she absolutely loves. So I do hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with Katie. And do go and check her out as well. All the links for where you can find out more about her are in the show notes. So excited to share this with you. So now on to the main part of the show. So hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's brilliant to have you here. I am so excited to be here. I've been listening to your show for ages now and it was a dream of mine to be asked to come on your podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you, because you've been you've been with me for um, for 18 months now. And I know we've had like so many exciting things going on. So it's really, really great to have you here, especially because you are a cat lady. So tell us a bit about you and what you do. Oh, yes. Cats are awesome animals and they need way more coverage. Everything's about dogs. Dogs are great, but cats are just super cool. So I am a mobile cat groomer. I'm based over in Liverpool and I cover all of the Northwest. I've got clients down in Stoke-on-Trent, up to just north of Lancaster and across to kind of like Bolton and Yorkshire way. So it's very, very crazy. Um, I also have just learned how to do microchip implantation because they're changing the law for cats. So now from this year, all cats now legally need to be microchipped, um, which is fabulous and about time too. Um, I also do animal Reiki and I do work with zoopharmacognosy, self-selection using botanicals and cats. And I am training in about 5,000 other things, all cat related as well. So you've got a lot going on, haven't you? And just tell us, um, tell us your business name as well, because I love your business name. So I'm, my name's Katie. So I was like, what do I call myself? And I'm not very original. So I came up with the cat lady, but cat with a K. Well, I think that's pretty original. So it it suits me fine. Fabulous. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up being the cat lady in the first place. So, oh, let me see how to put this into a short version. <laughs> I, I originally trained in biochemistry and neurobiology at university down at Sussex. Um, so I moved down to Brighton. And when I graduated, I ended up working in scientific sales. So I was selling scientific products and services into all kinds of laboratories from universities, hospitals to large pharma and everything in between. Yeah. It was never a passion of mine. It was kind of something I fell into kind of accidentally because I didn't really know what I wanted to do after I graduated. Um, and 
towards the end of my working in sales, I'd started to get really disillusioned and I wanted to do something else, but I was tied to quite a nice salary by then. Um, I was in Cambridge one day, I was living down in Croydon and I went to Cambridge for work and I was walking with my client to his office when I suddenly collapsed um, and I got taken to Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge and had lots of tests done and was kept in there for a while and they found out I had really severe endometriosis which is where the uterine lining grows outside of the uterus. Um, It formed all around my kidney the, the tubes, the ureters that connect the kidney to the bladder, it formed all around my bowel. I had a bunch of cysts on my ovaries and just in my abdomen. So I had to stop working. I had seven surgeries over two years. I had to sell my flat. Uh, I had to move back to Liverpool and live with my mum for a while. Um, after all the surgeries, I had a kidney removed. I had part of my bowel removed. I had a stoma for a while, which I didn't know what that was until I got one. Um, And then as I started to slowly recover, it was quite a long process. I managed to uh, get chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, which is chronic pain, just because my body just went through so much stress and trauma in such a short amount of time. And it was such a lot to deal with. Um, I also found out that this meant that I couldn't have children. So there was just a lot going on. Um, I got made redundant during the process. Um, My grandmother died. It was, I got divorced. It was all just like everything happened within a couple of years. Um, And as I was recovering, I was like, well, I could do anything I wanted now. What on earth do I do? I didn't want to go back to scientific sales. I saw an advert for a cat sitter. So I did some cat sitting for a couple of years, which was really nice and flexible and eased me back into working after a couple of years of pretty much being in bed. And then realised that, you know, I'm still as ambitious as I ever was. I've still got a brain in my head that I want to use more. And it was time to set up my own business. And it was so fab to realise that you can run a business where you work with cats now and that that can pay your wage and you can do what you always wanted to do and dreamed of but never thought would be possible I'd always dreamed of being a vet as a child that was all I ever wanted to be but my mum in particular always told me that it was too competitive and too difficult so I never went for it um and now I still get to and I thought that was the end of it you know that I can't work with cats if I'm not a vet but now I can work with cats full-time run my own business and my dreams are like coming true even though it was like a horrible way to get here it was worth it wow okay so I know your background because we've worked together for, for for a while but hearing it all in one um you know in one go because I know we've we obviously chat a lot on calls and stuff and we have done over the year over the couple of years now and um, but to hear all of your story and what you've been through um, and that you've come out the other side and that you've got this uh, uh, incredible life and business doing something that you really love. It is so inspiring. I know that you know from working with me, I really bang on about like, you know, if people have been through a difficult time, actually hearing the story of somebody who has come out the other side and is in a really positive situation is, um, is it's so important and so inspiring. And I guess at that moment in time when you were so poorly and you'd collapsed and all of these 
one thing, I mean, talk about one thing after another, it must have been horrific. But if someone had said to you right then, you know, I guess you just want to know everything's going to be okay. But looking at the life you've got now, when you were in that point then, you just, I bet you just can't ever have imagined that it will pan out like this, could you? No, I mean, I never, I never knew before I was sick that this was something that you could do. I didn't know cat grooming was a thing. I didn't know animal reiki was a thing. You know, all these things that I've discovered. Um, I didn't know cats like to roll around in various herbs. And, you know, it, it's so cool to like learn and experiment and put things in front of cats and see what they do with it. Yeah. And it's like just a really cool opportunity. Definitely. And also that what I love about what you do as well is I know you talked about being a vet and obviously, you know, got so much respect for vets and they're very, you know, they go through so much to become a vet and the work they do is incredible. But actually, there's so much more that you can do when it comes to animals, health and well-being. And you've explored so many different things in your business, even in a relatively short time that you've been running it, haven't you? So yeah. actually, um, you know, it goes to show that there are you know you can work with animals and you can do something that's really incredible and life-changing for them without being a vet and all the different things that you do it's just brilliant so tell us a little bit about all tell us about like your kind of journey from from recovering and thinking okay I'm going to train to be a cat groomer and then you've done all these different things I know but tell us about the kind of step-by-step and how it all happened yeah sure um so I was getting better and I was doing more and more cat sitting um and making the realization that it wasn't enough for me and I wanted to have more control over what I do and it was time to, oh sorry cats are hissing <laughs> in the background uh, let's not do that sorry about that it's okay <laughs> one of the young ones trying to play yeah. with the old one and she doesn't want to play with the young one. Oh no <laughs> so she's just like leave me alone <laughs> um, be gone so what was I saying so you realised like, about, um, you did yes. and you wanted to do something more. Yes, I wanted to to do my own thing, have charge of my own schedule, especially with managing chronic health conditions. It was really important to me that I could have complete control over what I did. Um, and it was my boss at the cat sit company who suggested that I look into cat grooming. Yeah, He's like, I tried to get a cat groomer. There are hardly any around. Um, she had to travel potentially quite a long way so it was going to be quite expensive and you always give so much extra care and attention to cats yeah. you look, wipe their eyes you'd make sure that they've got no knots in their fur when you're doing your cat sitting you should totally look into it and I was like oh cat grooming didn't know that was a job so I went onto the internet and I found the cat grooming school down in London yeah rang them that day um, this is December in, oh, was it 2019, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I rang them in 2019. I uh, spoke to the lady Svetlana who owns the company and I booked in for the beginning of January to start my training. So it was very quick. Um, I also wanted to go into cat behaviour originally as well. So I knew that I wanted to do a mixture of the two. So I started with Compass Education doing their Level 5 Advanced Feline Behaviour Diploma, um, which is like the equivalent of sort of like um, a foundation year at university in the first year of a, a degree. So it's quite high level. But because I've already got a degree, I can go straight in at a higher level and I don't have to work through all the lower ones. Yeah. 
And then I started like setting up my Instagram because I wanted to have that set up before I was officially open. So I didn't just go, oh, hi, I'm open if you want to book. I wanted to kind of like start to get the word out there first and promote myself, you know, get people's appetites going a bit, see what the demand was like. And I found this lady called uh, Julianne who runs Naturally Cats. And she sells sort of like kit bags of herbs for cats. So she does like an anxiety one and she does a digestion one um, and a few other different types. And then you get this bag of sort of like five herbs. You, You get a towel, you put it on the floor and you put a bit of each herb in a different corner and then you see what your cat does and your cat kind of, goes towards the ones that they feel they need or want to interact with and I was like that's so interesting so I bought one of her kits and then I started trying it with my cats and then I started incorporating it into my grooming as well so I always carried around um four calming herbs so valerian was one of them mm-hmm. cats love valerian and that was how I then got interested in looking into that zoopharmacognosy yeah. um aromatica side of things the cats are having a proper fight in the background. <laughs> Don't know what is going on. Uh, Tristan, pack it in. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so I started looking into zoopharmacognosy and um, self-selection with animals. Um, it's been looked at. It was pioneered by a lady called Caroline Ingraham, mm-hmm. who's um, looking at how animals they sort of intrinsically instinctively know what their body needs at different times and they can self-medicate. You see it in the wild. um, Different animals will eat clay if they've got stomach upsets. Um, Different primates will eat spiky leaves if they've got a parasite infestation. So as they eat the leaf, the the spiky parts, the the, the worms or whatever, stick to the spiky parts and get passed through the body. And then when they don't have the parasites anymore, they stop eating the leaves. So it's really interesting um, and learning how that would apply to cats and how to safely use hydrazoles, essential oils, dried herbs and a couple of different like nutritional supplements with cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that and that sort of introduced me to traditional Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. as you do, looking at all the different meridians um, yin and yang theory five element theory and then I got into animal acupressure so I'm studying that with tall grass at the moment yeah. oh goodness what else there's just uh, there's just so many offshoots that I just didn't didn't realize you could do um so the animal reiki I do is let animals lead again it's it's not hands-on which is by Kathleen Prasad in America um it's not hands-on unless the animal initiates it yeah so it's just giving our domestic animals back the choice in what they want and what they need. Yeah. So you're not you're not forcing a medication on them. You're not putting something in their food so they have to eat it if it's a, a supplement. Yeah. You put it next to it. If you offer something in water, you make sure they have plain water as well. So it's their choice. If, if you put a dried herb on the floor, the cat can ignore it. It's totally fine. And then if it wants to go to it later on, then, you know, great. Um, and I love this idea of just letting the cat have more of a say mm-hmm. in what happens in their own life because we just dictate so much to them. We tell them when they can go out, whether they can mate, what time their food is done. You know, we decide all these things for them and it's just so cool to see them make their own choices a bit more. 
yeah you've just got I love seeing everything that you do Katie because like every time I see you 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 always tell me and it's always like oh my gosh that's incredible that's so fascinating and I just love that you know you started as a cat groomer you've done the behavior and then you're just absolutely like embracing everything that's out there that can make you be a better groomer and better behaviorist and do do better by the cats which is just brilliant and I love seeing like all the stuff that you do and you, your cats and your clients are so so lucky tell us about how you got the word out there about what you do when you like when you kind of first started how did you get how did you get people to find out about your business so I used um social media I sort of self-taught I I often just feel like I'm winging it uh I don't really have a game plan a lot I sort of have plans but I sort of feel like I'm teaching myself these things as I go um so I used Instagram and Facebook mostly initially then I added in I started following your on your course that you do your publicity course and I started I wasn't ready to approach the press for a little while but I started looking at you've got um a blogging one yeah on your in your sort of membership access area so I started with that and then I started committing to doing regular blogs um and that's that's helped to get the word out and I started to look at what I put in the title of the blogs to make it searchable so I try and use words that end users like just lay people people who have cats what would they put into google so my cat's fur is matted um how to make my cat happy whereas if I was talking to another cat professional I might use phrases like pelted and um, enrichment Mm -hmm. which not everyone would potentially search for so thinking about how to make myself come up in searches um then I got into LinkedIn and I used Twitter a little bit but not much um I made up some flyers which was I've started to put in local pet shops that so I set up during COVID which was not an easy way to do it yeah so I've not had a lot of access to vets um and you know cafes and stuff for a lot of the time when I first set up so a lot of it was done online um I try to do collaborations with people where I can um what else do I do yeah I've done a couple of blogs for other people's Mm -hmm. websites um and then I started working with my local cat rescue center and they put one of my flyers in all of their adoption packs okay which is really nice um, and I do some work for them mm-hmm. where I look after the cats that they've got in foster care or in in their own care. Um, and then I also foster for them as well. Yes. So I have a cat, a cat, a mad cat in the attic, my mum calls him. <laughs> He's a bit antisocial. Brilliant. OK. And that's Garston. Is it Garston? Garston Animal, Animal Rescue. Yeah. But they're cat exclusively. OK. Brilliant. OK. Um. I was going to say as well, what I love about, um, I know you started blogging when when you first, when we first worked together, I think you might have been yeah. probably doing it before, but we did, at the time we did a Get Your Pet Business Found on Google course, didn't we? And it was, yes. you've totally like embraced all of that and it's really brilliant seeing what you do. But what I love about what you do, Katie, is like your LinkedIn, like I follow you on all social media, but I think your LinkedIn is just so brilliant because everyone else, like I know LinkedIn's a bit more friendly and a bit less formal now isn't it yeah. everyone else is like oh you know I've just won this award or you know I've just been for I don't know just talking about LinkedIn stuff aren't they and then you pop up with these brilliant <laughs> stories and these brilliant pictures of these cats you've been it's working a cat. With. 
<laughs> and it, but it's not just a cat it's like this awesome story that goes with it and sharing the stories of these cats and what you do with them and what their backgrounds are and what you've how you've helped them and stuff and I just think it's so brilliant um and I love the storytelling that you do I think you just do such a great job can you tell us about the kind of responses that you get from your blogging and your storytelling and the great content that you're putting out there yeah, it's it's one. So with my blog, I try and do um, one a week, and I have a different topic for every week. So I have a bit of a structure, and one of them is always a cat story. So once a month, there'll be a cat story on the blog, um, and it'll be the story of a cat that has, you know, not had the best start to life usually. So they might have been one that's been rehomed. Um, it might be I had a cat called Barry that Barry. I wrote one of my first. Uh, blog stories about this cat called Barry who was brought was found and taken to the rescue center and I happened to see him in the rescue center um I saw that his eyes were really sore so I went and gave his eyes a clean and just gave him a bit of a little pamper session while I was there and then I happened to be there again when they finally found his owner and re- managed to reunite him so I got to witness him going back to his his human being and it was a very tearful reunion uh, it was really beautiful. They were so happy to get him back. And then I, he was very matted by the t- his long hair cat. He got in a bad way. So I'd go around and became his groomer. So I got to know him and the family quite well. And it was really nice to be able to tell that story of, you know, how this cat had been found and no one knew his backstory, you know, all his health issues, where he'd come from, where where he was supposed to be, had someone abandoned him. And it turns out, no, he'd just got dementia and he'd sort of wandered off and gotten lost. So sad, isn't it? But um, God, he and he had kidney problem. problems as well. So it was really important to get him back, to get him back on his medication. So stories like that, I... I just when I when I start talking to my customers and I find out more about the history of their cat and it just moves me so much sometimes that I have to write a blog about it. I think it's really great though because I think your customers. I mean, tell me what your customers feel. Um, what what kind of response you get from your customers when you're, you know, shine putting their their pets who they love so much in the spotlight. Oh, they they really like it. So I um, sadly she's passed away now, but there was a cat called Betty who was taken in by this lovely couple. Um, she was just a stray around their house and they took her in and she was in really bad health. Oh, she had the worst digestive problems. Oh my goodness. I looked after her for a bit and, and she was one stinky cat Yeah, um, because of a lot of the sulfurous medication she was on. And they, you know, she became such a pampered little princess. Um, and I wrote a blog on her and I know that her human father would send the link to like people and be like, look, this is my cat. and he was like really chuffed with it so when they they're going to get a new rescue cat they've still got two cats at the moment but they are looking to adopt a new one so I can't wait until they do so I can go and find out the story and then write another post about their new cat but I love this because it's not like you thinking oh I really want more customers to know about me in Liverpool I'm going to write blog posts about the cats it's because you really truly love sharing stories about the cats that you're working with and I just love cats yeah Yeah. basically Mm -hmm. I'm like cat crazy (laughs) <laughs> no I love it um so I know when you first because we've worked together for for quite a while like really since you, not long after you started out and I want yeah. to ask you about like how you felt about putting yourself out there and talking about what you did um you know when you first launched your business and if you've got any kind of confidence building tips that you might share I I did find it 
really quite intimidating to put myself out there. I I do get imposter syndrome quite a lot. I still get it a lot. Um, like, who am I to tell people what to do with their cats? Who, you know, what do I know? Um, and it's it it was very strange when people would first say things to me like, "Well, you're the professional. What is your advice?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh." oh, I am the professional. Oh yeah, I do. I have trained. I have put the time and the effort and the study in. So that, that took a little while to get used to. Um, I think a lot of it is just time and feeling, building up your confidence by doing. So you just get more confident because you're doing, you're working with cats more and more. So you get more experience and then that really helps because you've got others, you've got stories to draw on and experience under your belt to kind of go, oh, well, I've seen a similar thing with another cat and you can kind of put people's minds at ease a lot more. Um, they're not, you know, some people, if it's their, especially if it's their first cat, they're really worried that something's wrong with their cat and you can say, oh, no, no, this is really common. Um, I see it all the time. It's fine. Your cat's in really good health, you know, crack on. Yeah. But yeah, it does take time to kind of get there. And yeah. it did take me a little while to feel confident enough to put myself out there. I think making the cats and the work that you're doing actually the hero of the story as well, it's a really nice way of doing it because it does, although you are part of the story, it takes the pressure, it takes the focus a little bit off you. Yeah. You're talking about the cats. So I think you've done it really well. And I know it's something that you, you've just, that's just how you are. Um, so yeah. It's just a really lovely way of um, of sharing your stuff. So you do brilliant stuff online. You're really good at you know publishing your own brilliant content. But I know that you've had a lovely media opportunity recently, um, and it has led to some quite exciting things. So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? So uh, yeah, it was. I'm still kind of pinching myself over this. It's all quite a new development. Um, just before Christmas, I was approached by a journalist on LinkedIn who was writing a piece for Your Cat magazine, which is the main cat magazine in the UK. Um, And she was doing a feature for what your hopes were for cats in 2022. And she was approaching a few different types of cat professional, uh, vets, groomers, behaviourists, cat cafes, what have you, um, to get a little piece from a selection of people to put together to make a feature to put in the magazine and I was one of the people that she approached um so I got the chance to write down what my hopes were and I think it was along the lines of helping educate cats guardians so we can make our cats like the happiest they can be yeah so that was then published in the January edition of your cat magazine and off the back of that a company called iPet Network they are a They're most well known for being uh, dog grooming teachers, but they have started up a cat grooming um, qualification, which is a regulated qualification with Ofqual. So it's it's a national agency and it's nationally recognised and on the National Register. And they have a cat, they have a salon that they use up in the Northwest. Um, they use a dog grooming salon on their day off to do their cat training because you can't, it's not a good idea to have cats and dogs in the same place. But unfortunately, the cat tutor that they have is going to be stepping down from that position. And they'd seen me in Your Cat magazine and that I was in the Northwest. So they had approached me to start talking about whether I would come and potentially be their head cat grooming tutor, to which I've said yeah. yes, because it's a fabulous opportunity. Wow, 
I also I also love that the opportunity came from LinkedIn as well because I know um, you you share great stuff on LinkedIn. It just goes to show that it blinking works, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just absolutely brilliant. So what will that mean for you then for your business and just I guess it's really good for your profile as well, isn't it? It's a huge organisation, really credible. Um, so yeah, what does that mean for you? So we're just we're still finishing off bouncing off ideas they they have a much stronger background in in working with dogs than cats so they're quite happy to talk about my ideas and how we can best suit the cats in their care mm-hmm. um so it will hopefully mean that I can open a salon in Liverpool potentially so I can do a lot of so that they the students can come in more days than just the one day that the dog grooming salon's closed I'm also very interested in having the students come out and shadow me and do some work when I'm doing the mobile grooming. So they get to see the two different sides of grooming because mobile home grooming in someone's home is so different from grooming in a salon. It's a completely different setup. Um, There's pros and cons to both. So it'll give them a really nice rounded education. There's also the opportunity to write some editorial content for them um, and to be involved in helping shape the curriculum moving forwards for the course. Wow. So there's just, yeah, there's so much potential right now. I'm so excited. That is just brilliant. I'm so, so pleased for you. And tell us as well, you, uh, I know you touched on it earlier, but you have you are also going to be doing, you're going to be microchipping as well, aren't you? So that's going to yes. be another, another another topic for you to be talking about when it comes to yes. getting the word out there about what you do. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, at the moment, it's not a legal requirement for vets and um People who work for the council to scan any cats that are found. Pretty much all vets do. Mm-hmm. But now if your cat goes missing and you never know what happened to your cat, if the worst has happened and someone from the council finds them, they have to scan them before they do anything with that cat. So the chances of you getting closure or being reunited with your cat is going to increase so much more. Um, so I am just so excited about it. It's something that's way overdue. So I practiced by chipping my four cats because they weren't chipped. I was under the mistaken impression that, well, they're indoor cats. They'll be fine. They don't need to be chipped. And then I suddenly thought, well, what if one of them gets out or yes. someone burgles the house and then they get out? You know, they, they have to be chipped. So it's definitely worth getting your cats chipped. Plus, they'll be a fine yeah. um, if you don't as well. And I know you feel really passionately about this, but I think it's it's nice to see that cats being treated in the same way as dogs, isn't it? Because oh yeah, really, yeah, the cat, you know, the dogs get it all, don't they? And they do. Oh, dogs get so much stuff. Yeah. They get everything, and um, a lot of people treat cats like they're small dogs, yes. and they're not. They're not at all. They're completely different species. Their behaviour is so different. Their skin is different. Their nutritional needs are completely different. Cats are obligate carnivores. They have to have meat um you know there's just so many differences if they're flicking their tail it means something very different from if a dog is wagging their tail so yeah education definitely um and you, like I say you the education stuff that you do is brilliant um and the other thing I was gonna I was gonna ask you about is um you know you you are consistent which I think is great you're putting brilliant content out there on your own website and on social media as well and that's led to these a really amazing media opportunity yeah. for you um if people are listening and thinking 
because I know a lot of people who who kind of come into the challenge and in my Facebook group and stuff they worry about talking about what they do and and putting themselves out there and and being visible if people if someone's listening and thinking I wish I could do that what would your advice be to them do it yeah just do it I mean I'm very honest and upfront and if I don't know something I just say oh sorry I don't know that I can go and go and find out for you Um, so don't be afraid to say if you don't know something it's much better than trying to make something up and then it not being the right answer yeah so just put yourself out there and do the best you can um, and just be yourself Mm. I think the telling stories about what you do online is so powerful because people will see you and connect with you and think I want I want Katie to look after my cat I want her to go I want to work with her um and look you know the opportunities it's created for you have have been brilliant haven't they so tell those stories I think is my big takeaway from from working with you and chatting to you yeah I think my like the most important thing to me is what's best for the cat rather than what's best for us yeah and trying to have conversations with people who are guardians or owners of cats about why they want to do the things they do or why whatever the cat is doing is seen as a problem because cats are just being cats and doing cat normal cat behavior but it's us humans that have a problem with it so how do we look at it in a different way and try to look at it as if we were another cat and understand the motivation behind it and then once you understand why the behavior comes from then we can look to change it yeah so educating people is so important isn't it yeah and just the well-being of cats in general is I'm I'm not I I get quite perfectionist about my work but I'm at the end of the day what's most important is that the cat is more comfortable at the end of a session than Mm -hmm. they were at the start yeah fantastic okay well Katie it has been awesome chatting to you tell us what's next for the cat lady I know you've got absolutely loads going on but what what goodness big things Um, looking forward to so hopefully starting this uh cat teaching cat grooming teaching which is hopefully starting at the start of March I'm working on a healing animal diploma with um the healing animal organization I've got another my third module for that is in February down in Sussex working through my acupressure and working through my feline behavior qualification and I want to add nutrition in as well because it's so important for cats fantastic okay exciting times you're busy busy, so much going on I I I don't know when I'm gonna sleep I know (laughs) so um I will put all of the links for your website and your social media in the show notes for this episode as well so if anyone's listening on an app or if you're on my website then you can go and grab the links but Katie tell us where we can find you online what's your website address and the best place to find you so the best place is www.thecatlady with a k.co.uk um, and you can look for me on Instagram. I think I'm underscore the cat lady. But I need to double check because I can never remember. <laughs> okay. And I will definitely share your LinkedIn because yes. people on LinkedIn who like cats need to follow the cat lady. <laughs> yes. I think I'm on LinkedIn just as my name. So Katie Gwilt. Yeah. I'll put that in there as well. So fabulous. Okay. Yeah. Katie Gwilt's a good name because it's not common like Richard. No. So and it means know. wild one, which I quite like. I love it. That is so on brand, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> fabulous. So I, I wish you like, this is obviously a podcast, but I wish you could see Katie right now because she's got like three cats climbing all over her. And that's what I love about working with her because of just the wild lady and the, the cat madness. But it's been yeah. awesome chatting to you. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. And I am so excited for all of the stuff that you do. Thank you, Katie. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources on ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.